from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. There are outside forces beginning to make an effect on what happens with the Patrick Mahomes contract coming up. We're going to get into the details today. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I'm Ryan from RGR Football as well as Rogue Analytics. And today's Kansas City Chiefs focus point has to be the contract that Pat Mahomes is going to get eventually. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We're going to talk with Matt Derrick here later in the show about some of the specifics about where we are and what's going on with it. But a piece of information that we will discuss then, but need to go into more detail now to set it up, is that Dak Prescott has gone and made a move that I had as unexpected, I think it caught a few people off guard, to tell you the truth, in signing his franchise tag now. It is official. He's on at uh, 31 point something uh, for this year. And it's an interesting ripple effect that is coming the Chiefs' way in a couple of different ways. First, by having him on board, it sets the table for what has to happen for the Cowboys as an organization. It is a way to put pressure Onto Jerry Jones in, a, in trying to affect some change. Because there are several things that are affected by this. One is that Jamal Adams, who I have a video up on RGR Football tonight about, that is explaining the concept of, of his trade and the fact that he included the Chiefs. Well, the Cowboys are in there too. And quite frankly, I think Jamal Adams wants to go to the Cowboys. And they need safety help as well. So Jerry Jones might be in the, the position to want to do that as well. But this move by Dak Prescott signing now, rather than trying to forego and get um, the extension done now, actually puts a little bit of pressure on Jerry because it makes it a lot harder to bring in Jamal Adams knowing that he wants a new contract extension as well when you don't have the quarterback under contract. It's one of those things that you could make yourself quite a bit of room in the first year or two if you went out and got the Dak deal done rather than trying to what right now will be the tag number. And next season might have to be a situation where you're looking at the tag number again. So while that makes it more plausible, it doesn't help the Chiefs in terms of their situation with Patrick Mahomes, because if Jerry Jones and the Cowboys feel that they need to make a move and that they need to make this extension happen with Dak Prescott, now that he's signed the tag and they're trying to get something else done, that makes them more likely to spend a bit more on Dak Prescott, who is not at the same level, not near the same level as Patrick Mahomes. But if he were to creep up above or even close to, to tell you the truth, the number of Russell Wilson, that makes things harder for the Chiefs to keep their costs down in terms of of an average per year when it comes to the Mahomes contract, which I don't think is imminent because of all the question marks about Uh, COVID, like we've been talking about the last few days, and what that might mean to a season and attendance for a season, that definitely has an impact as well. But the thing is that right now, this proposed trade, the fact that Jamal Adams wants out, and I know that the Jets don't want him uh, out, I don't think they can get value for him, but he and the desire to go to the Cowboys and the Cowboys' mutual interest, we've heard that before, I think that definitely has a couple of influences on what's going to happen with the Chiefs and a couple of their contracts. Now, for more, you can check out the video over on RGR Football. And when we get back, I'm going to get into McCole Hardman and what this year could look like for him and, quite honestly, what the Chiefs needed to be from him 
And then later in the show, we're going to get with Matt Derrick and go over the Mahomes contract as it stands right now. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts that are available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Yes, the contract for Patrick Mahomes has to be paramount as we look through what's coming down the line for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to talk to Matt Derrick here in the next segment. First, I want to get to a little bit deeper dive. If you've been with us the last few months, you know that about once a week, I've been trying to take a deep dive into a singular position group and take a look at not only how they might get on the field, but what they're going to have for depth behind. Again, because depth on this roster is all related to what happens after you sign the quarterback to the franchise deal. It's going to be more difficult, and that's why I've been focusing on it all summer long, to tell you the truth. Summer, spring, COVID, whatever you want to call it. And today I want to look at McCall Hardman because I feel like he is the biggest threat to take a step forward and step out of what is the full force returning from 2019 on this offensive side of the ball. And he specifically has proven himself to be a home run hitter. There are very few receivers in this league that get more production out of fewer chances to produce. And that's significant. If you just look at his regular season stats from 2019, Over 70% completion percentage. He catches the ball for the most part. Half of a thousand yard season ended up at 538 on 26 catches. That's an average yard per reception of over 20. And that is, that's all well and good. When you look at those stats as like ranks, you can find them at PFF. You can find them a number of places. Targets, receptions, receiving yards. Uh, 101, 94th in the league, and 62nd in the league. But then you look at touchdowns, 20th in the league with six, and that's just the regular season. Now, yes, he did not produce a whole lot. He didn't get a whole lot of targets even in the postseason. Uh, I think his high was four against Houston, one in the conference championship game, and one in the Super Bowl, and that was it. So there are some things to be taken away there, and I'm going to do a film room later here in the summer specifically about what he needs to do to improve. But I do feel overall he is the guy that is best placed to improve. And I think that the team feels that way as well. You can get that feeling because they allowed Demarcus Robinson to hit the market and to go out there and see what he could find for himself. He didn't find much. And yes, he did return, but that's not because they felt they had to have him. It was not their priority to keep him. In fact, because of his tenured status of four years plus, he actually is going to be on this roster for less of a cap hit than McCole Hardman is. 
yes, his total contract is going to be 2.26 for a single season, which is a decent payday for a guy who's been a third stringer at best in his career. But in terms of cap number, because of that reduction, that's part of the rules of the new CBA. He comes in at just a touch over $1,047,000. That's less than McCole Hardman. And I think that that gives you an idea of not only what his market was and why he might have been disappointed to go out there and not find something more than that, but it also tells you that the Chiefs feel that his talents could be let go, that they had what they needed in Hardman, especially once they knew that they had Sammy Watkins back on board. Now, McColl is the youngest amongst this group. In fact, even a couple of the UDFAs from last season, as well as this year, are not younger than him. So that's really interesting and I think plays into his longevity a little bit more too. They want to invest in McCole Hardman. They want to see him improve and there is room for it. When you look at those stats, I know there's a lot more than just the stats, but when you think about the fact that he's running at best in any other critical category for a wide receiver, 60th or less in the league in what is the most high-powered offense and clearly the best quarterback in the league. But then he pops out for the touchdowns. That is what signals that he can make big plays at big times. And quite frankly, I know there are a couple of things that come to mind um, that we'll look at the film review, but uh, that run away from the Raiders where clearly his physical talent accelerated him through to make that play. It's not just um, you know a guy that, that takes advantage of blown coverages or something like that. He's able to move around, and quite frankly, you have to be impressed with what he's been able to do so early in his career in the read offense that we all know is a difficult thing to match. What we're going to see more from him, and what we have to see in my opinion, is he's got to get better at reads, at being able to get off the line, and that will make him more effective in this offense. They already know that they can move him around. Uh, The question is going to be about the kick coverage. We'll deal with that in a second. But it's a nice split when you look at where he lined up for the bulk of the time. One thing that we always say, it takes a couple years for wide receivers to learn Andy Reid's system. Well, McCall Hardman certainly has some things to work on, but in terms of alignment of where to start the play from, he's not just a guy who lines up outside. They were able to get him lined up all over the place, including about a 50-50 split. He was in the slot 252 snaps. He was out wide 268. That was his total for the year. Uh, He played a a grand total of 687 snaps. That includes the special teams and those things. And the special teams is where it really comes into, I think they've been using him for that purpose to get him acclimated to the speed of the NFL team, uh, of the league itself, because there is a jump. And they've allowed him to kind of run under a pass in terms of learning how to play wide receiver in the league because he only had a couple of years at Georgia where he was lined up at wide receiver. And I think at this point, when you look at the UDFAs they brought in, the fact that they have some defensive players who might be able to handle some of the returns as well, I I think you're going to see McCall Hardman not be the primary returner any longer, much like we saw the evolution with Tyreek Hill, where at that point, he's more valuable to the offense. And I think definitely when you talk about Travis Kelsey, Tyreek, and Sammy, drawing so much coverage and I think honestly we're going to see more coverage towards Sammy than we've ever seen before in this coming season I think he really opened some eyes not only in the playoffs but specifically in the Super Bowl about how he can hurt you if you don't 
pay the respect that he definitely has earned physically in making it through the league to this point and battling everything that he's had to deal with injury-wise, I think he's going to get more attention from defenses. And I think, again, when you have those three guys demanding attention, single coverage, if you're going to double somebody up, you're in trouble at this point. You're going to be having to play dime if you want to double more than one person. That's going to leave a light box, and we'll talk about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and how he'll take advantage of that later, uh, as well as his battle with Damian Williams. We'll be looking at that next week. But the guy that has the biggest advantage to take is McCole Hartman. And again, I do like him better in the slot, but we know he can line up wide. I want to see more stacked formations for him and Tyreek to get off the ball together. A lot of like what you saw with the Wasp play in the Super Bowl, how when patterns are running parallel and then diverge quickly, you can get a lot of separation just by making defense players, specifically safeties, have to think about what they're doing. It's much like we talk about in any other position. The more they have to think, the worse off they are. That's what happens when you have speed like McCole Hardman's. And if he can get some of his releases down, if he can understand what defenses are trying to do to him by sight adjustment, he's going to be able to make a lot more plays. Now, his physical ability got him that yardage, 538 last season. I think that he's going to surpass that. I can't say that I think he's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver because of so many mouths to feed on this roster. But I do feel that McCole Hardman's primed and ready to make a seven or an 800 yard season out of this one. And I think he will score more touchdowns. I think they're going to be definitely a little bit different than we've seen. It's not going to be the broken place where he's able to run away from people. I think it's going to be more design unders. I think they're going to get him running those deep overs as well as teams try to back up and shield against the Watkins Hill Kelsey parade that is definitely coming for them as well. There's a lot to it, and I think McCall Hardman is in perfect shape to take what was a good outing in 2019 and make it a step beyond. We're going to look at the film here in a couple of weeks, and it's all going to be based on what happens with the continued development of his relationship with Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes' leadership will definitely be part of the equation. We're going to talk with Matt Derrick about that here in a minute. But also, want to let you know there's a huge sale over at Built Bar, and if you haven't had them yet, They're the best tasting bar that I've ever had. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bars are the protein bars that taste like a candy bar. There's 16 amazing base flavors, and they always have something new, special additions, or whatever comes to their mind. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're perfect for a health-conscious guy or a family like mine. They help you lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious snack that you can go back to over and over again. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, but they're high in fiber and high in protein. They're somewhere between 110 and 170 calories, and they always have low net carbs. They're a great snack and something that gives you the macronutrients that you need. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Now, what we saw on Monday uh, was that Dak Prescott has signed his franchise tag. It uh, comes in a little over 31, as, as I believe it was reported. I'm not 100% on that. But this has been a contract that a lot of folks have been keying the Patrick Mahomes contract off of, which I think is kind of ridiculous because I don't think they're near the same level quarterback. But what do you think it does in terms of moving things along towards that uh, eventuality of Patrick being signed to extension, and does it have any effect on Chris Jones's contract situation? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably is a little bit of its own and it's not going to influence those two directly. Now, there might be some there might be some some commonality between Dak Prescott and Chris Jones that we could. Hey, you could see maybe Chris Jones signing his tender and maybe earlier than you expect um, just because the money is there. He knows that it's not going to change. He knows that you know, it doesn't matter if, if it's July 15th or now the same offer is going to be there. And I don't think that there's any indication whatsoever that there's going to be a long-term deal in place. So at some point, you know, Hey, maybe it's better just go ahead and get it done and over with. Um, that might be the you know bigger commonality between them with Mahomes. I mean, I do think that just this quarterback market, this off season in particular is interesting because I thought there was a possibility that was so much movement in the quarterback market with so many teams, guys taking changing teams and even though they're veterans, even though it's, you know, Rivers, Brady, Breeze was a f- technically a free agent, able to negotiate a new deal. Um, I-, I thought there was a possibility that one of those deals might boost the ceiling on quarterback mm. contracts, but they haven't. I mean, you know, out there, it's, it still is, you know, Russell Wilson is still a top deal out there. So that's what mm. you're, you're comparing it to. Um, I still, as far as Mahomes and getting a deal done, yeah, I mean, I would still be stunned if it happens this year. I, I think after the season is the much more likely target, and I think that's what both sides are targeting. They know there's just too much uncertainty up in the air right now, and that's why I, I think you're absolutely looking into the offseason before it gets done, and I don't think that that bothers either side. I think they're both comfortable with it. Yeah, I, if I'm Patrick, I wouldn't want to sign that now because that means if that cap does go down, if the worst-case scenario that you talked about comes true, and there are no fans in seats. The revenue that the NFLPA suggested might be a $3 billion revenue loss. That cuts into the cap in a way that he might lose all of his targets. So if I'm Patrick, I'm okay. I got my fifth-year option coming at, what, 24.8. I'm comfortable with that. The question for me then becomes, like you said, maybe Chris Jones signs early knowing that this isn't a likely scenario to change. Does that allow anything else for him to come in once that's signed, do you think that that loosens any of the, the strings here as the season might be delayed, that maybe that makes it more palatable to sign a, a lower contract? Yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, I, that's why I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they just want to get this behind them. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, I, I we have seen no movement whatsoever that these two sides are anywhere close to a long-term deal. And given the situation in the market, I, I, neither side would be, in, I think, right place to sign him a long-term deal right now. It's just the parameters aren't there to get it done. So yeah, I mean, I could see going ahead and just getting the deal done and knowing because Chris Jones knows it's not going to change. I mean, that contract tender is there. It's going to be the same where he signs it now or July 15th. Um, you know, so I, I would not be sorry. And it could go beyond that, but I think with everything else going on, I, I think that, you know, Jones knows what the deal is. He knows what he can get paid, what he would get paid. Go ahead and take the guarantee, do what he can to try and get as much money as he can this year under the deal with all the questions that are out there um, and not and not try and push it. I mean, I, I don't think that there was any, even under normal circumstances, I don't think there was any intention for Jones to, to hold out this season. I still think mm-hmm. he's going to play for the Chiefs. And if that's the case, yeah, I mean, at some point, there's deadline isn't a big deal. I mean, could a deal still get done? It's not non-zero. I mean, yeah, they, they these two sides could, but I have a hard time believing that with the way things are right now. Just so everyone can hear it from someone who isn't me, none of this makes it any more likely that Chris Jones gets traded, right? 
No, no. Okay. The, I, the, the chances of Chris Jones getting traded to me is almost non-zero. I mean, that's it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, I know there's been, you know, speculation out there. Hey, wouldn't it be great to trade Chris Jones for Jamal Adams? Uh, not going to happen. I mean, um, you're not, I mean, you had the same exact problem. Both teams would have the exact same problem, which is a guy that they wouldn't be able to necessarily sign long-term because you don't know what's going on in the market. Mm-hmm. And certainly the Jets aren't going to give up Adams for a guy that is even closer to being over the edge. I mean, at least Adams, you still have control contract-wise. Jones is, you, you trade him and you give up anything for him. You've got to now sign him to a long-term deal that you don't know what you can afford. And that's part of what's holding up the Jets right now anyway. So no, and, and, and I've, I've, I've seen some other, you know, speculation that, Hey, maybe the Seahawks would send a first and a third. Once again, no team in the NFL is sending a first and a third for a player that they know that they have to sign to a deal in this market when it makes no sense to give out the money right now. I mean, there's just absolutely, the market is completely frozen. I mean, there's a reason why you're not seeing any movement mm-hmm. in trades or free agencies for almost three months now. And that's yeah. not going to unfreeze anytime soon. And that same team, the Seahawks, there's a reason that Clowney hasn't been signed to a long-term contract Absolutely. that I know of, right? So and the whole league is on lockdown until they get in the bubble, which locks them down even farther. So it's a, it's a series of, of airlocks as far as I can tell. Pretty much. Okay. Well, that's all right. Last thing, and it is kind of worst case scenario, doom and gloom. I don't want to be negative, but if that shortfall does come through or anything, anything like it, anything significant. And we do see uh, a pullback in what the salary cap can be for next season. How much does that change what the chiefs have to do for what their longer term plans were in signing Patrick in possibly trying to get Chris back in what they have to do with some of their other veterans that are approaching new extensions or, or having to make a choice. Yeah, I mean, and this, and scenarios once again. I mean, they're they run the gamut. I mean, there's a lot of different things that could happen with the salary cap over the next couple of seasons. And you know, and one thing I would certainly expect is that you know, there's been discussion that hey, that both sides are talking about trying to find ways to mitigate the the losses that maybe they would find a way to spread out any decrease in the one the cap over one season, spreading it out over multiple seasons, so it wouldn't hit as hard. Mm-hmm. So I would expect that the league's going to try and do things to limit that. But when it comes to Mahomes, one, no, don't worry. I mean, yeah, the, the Chiefs would release everybody on the roster they had to to keep Mahomes. So that's not a problem. That's not a problem. And, and go, go back once again. I mean, the, the salary cap, as we've often talked about, I mean, it's it's navigatable. You can continue to, to renegotiate. You can do things to move money around. Um, the Chiefs have got some guys that are getting paid and making a lot of money that have shown a willingness to do that. Um, yeah, you might have to get to creative with some of the deals like Matthew, like Frank Clark, um, Fisher, Schwartz would start, you know, fitting in those categories. There's some things you'd have to do to be creative to make sure that they get their money that while still saving money, it's the cap in the short term. You have to pay the piper eventually at some point. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think the Chiefs see themselves in a situation where cap wise, that they would be forced to choose between Mahomes and 25 guys. It wouldn't be like quite like that. But at the same time, as a Chiefs fan, you're going to have to remember that if you're going to sign Patrick Mahomes to a long-term deal, it means that you're going to have to pick and choose. You're not going to be able to make all the moves that you want to make. Yeah. And you know, somebody asked me the other day, and I put it like this, it's a, it's a fence with an open cattle guard gate. It, the gate might get smaller, but it's still open. And you can do some things, and I, I hope it doesn't come to that. I guess we'll find out in the long run, but 
we'll end on an optimistic note that everything's going to work out and Patrick everything's going to be okay right right there we go there we go (laughs) thank you for your time today Matt thanks Ryan good talking to you folks thanks for listening to us today it's a great conversation with Matt we're going to have more this week on a couple of different aspects thanks for listening to us today and we'll talk to you next time Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.